Welcome to Unlocking the Truth, a podcast where we discover God's truth for ourselves by studying His Word. Hey, it's Mark here, and uh, I'm again here with uh, Derek Kamink, and this is Unlocking the Truth podcast, and we're going to be working through the next 10 weeks, Derek, is it I 10 weeks? I believe it's 10 weeks, yeah. 10 weeks through the book of James, and uh, unlike our previous podcast that we were doing bi-weekly on the book of First John, we are going, what? Every week. Weekly, weekly. on the book of James, so... Uh, hope you will tune in with us each and every week as we launch a new podcast. Today, the purpose of our podcast is to introduce you to the book of James. Hopefully, uh, you are having an opportunity to study the book of James yourself. Uh, if you want to get the book um, and join us, you can do so at preceptministries.ca. You can order the book online and even download the first lesson of the book so that uh you can begin studying with us. So uh, glad you're joining us. And hey, Derek, so excited to have you officially now. I am excited to be here, ready to go full time and uh, here at the office and getting things done. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited about studying the book of James. James is one of the first books I did when I came on at Precept. And uh, it has a ton of verses in the book of James that we refer to all the time, don't we? Yeah, we, we talk about, whenever anyone talks about suffering, everyone points to James, or uh, when we're talking, um, you know, about, uh, about our attitude when it comes to favoritism, people are pointing to James, uh, talking about gifts, every good and perfect gift is from above, is also found in James. So there's a, a taming of the tongue when everyone talks about uh, the power of the tongue. That verse comes out in, in James as well. So it's a, it's a popular book that a lot of people point to. Uh, what we want to do is we want to look and study those things very clearly and very in-depth so we can understand uh, the truth, unlock the truth that's in the book of James, not just these uh, quick verses that pop into our head, but we want to put them in context and, and really understand and hear what James is saying. Yeah, and this is uh, an interesting book of the Bible. And the reason I find that it's really interesting, because it is a letter, but it doesn't read like a letter. Right. And it doesn't read like a lot of the letters that we have in the New Testament, where, uh, for example, you can read through, uh, you can get the address to who it is, you can get the author, uh, then there's the encouragement that comes, uh, the doctrine that comes, and then how to live out that doctrine right. in practical ways. This, uh, I find, um, would be most comparable to reading like, say, the book of Proverbs. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of topics covered. A lot of wisdom is put forth in this book. Yeah. But we have to be clear that it is a letter. Yeah. So when we begin to do inductive Bible study and we look at, that's the first thing we want to do is we want to determine what type of literature we're studying. And so uh, if you have your Bible with us, hey, you might be driving with us. It's okay. You might be listening when you're at work. But the first thing you want to do is look at those first two verses of uh, the book of James and you want to see uh, what they have for you. Uh, first in chapter one, James, a bondservant of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ, and then to the 12 tribes who are dispersed abroad. So the very first thing that we can begin to pull out of this letter is we have 
our author. That's right. We got uh, James. James. James is the author. Derek, what, what do you know about this James? Well, what we see just from the text is that he calls himself a bondservant of God, which means that he has been uh, freed from the slavery of sin, and he has now dedicated his life to service to God and to uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. The, word, the Greek word for bondservant is doulos, and um, just really uh, bound to service mm-hmm. without pay, and uh, James committing his life. Uh, it's interesting to note that James is one of those books that creates controversy in who the author is, which which James it is in the Bible. And uh, so we're going to point to the majority of scholars today, which the majority of scholars would point this to being the brother of Jesus. Right. Yeah. Um, the reason that makes this so important for me, uh, in the very fact that he lays out the beginning, he says, James, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always said this, even when I've preached through this in my church, it was, hey, wait a second, listen. He doesn't say, ladies and gentlemen, I am the brother of Jesus, right. therefore pay attention yep. to me. He really shows his humility in his his position. Mm-hmm under Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. And this is someone who is, uh, who knows, who knows, has known Jesus the longest in, uh, in, in his entire life. Um, if you look at, uh, kind of the genealogy and when James was born, if you're listing, uh, things in scripture, usually it's oldest to youngest. James was the next child listed right after Jesus. Uh, and so he's the one who, who has been around him, the longest, and uh, there are times in Scripture when it says that uh, Jesus's brothers and, and his family wasn't very fond of him, wasn't very happy uh, with him, and, and the things that he was saying and and the things that he was doing. Uh, and so James has obviously, as his brother, has come to a place of understanding that he is in fact the Messiah and worth dedicating uh, his life to. Amazing, and I think that um, what we want to do too is we want to look at the the recipients of this letter because, um, again, a lot of the epistles that we have in the New Testament, they might point to a church. Right. Uh, they might point to an individual, uh, Paul to Titus, Paul to Timothy, right. Paul to Philippians, Paul yeah. to the Corinthians. Uh, there is another author in the Bible who has written very similarly to uh, what James has done. James says, I'm writing to the 12 tribes who are dispersed mm-hmm. uh, abroad. And so, uh, Derek, you've got chapter one of 1 Peter, which can help us kind of understand a little bit more about the the idea and the technicality of how he's writing this letter. What does Peter say? Right. So in the beginning of 1 Peter, um, he introduces himself as an apostle of Jesus Christ. And then says he's writing to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, uh, Bithynia, uh, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God. Um, so we have this idea that there is a uh, dispersion or a scattering of, of Jewish believers in this time when these letters are written. Right. So the, the, the thing here is that I loved how First Peter describes them as aliens. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not living in their land, right. but they're scattered out. And what we've got here in the book of James is we have um, representatives of the 12 tribes of Israel. That's right. 
um, which takes us back to the very beginning of the new te- of the Old Testament. Yeah. And, and the fact is that these are believers that are living outside of the land of Israel. And the reason that they're living outside of the land of Israel is not because the real estate is better, not because uh, they can have a bigger house, mm-hmm. but they, they are moved because of suffering and persecution that they are facing. Right. They've been so, displaced. Yeah, they are displaced and moved out. And so uh, here we have the author. We've got the recipients. And the one thing that I want to make clear is when I read this uh, letter and I read some commentary work on the letter, one of the things that the commentary said is a lot of people begin to argue about the very fact that there's not much um, that you could apply in James for today. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, uh, this may not be a commentary I want to read anymore, but I think... Uh, whether he said that in gist or uh, whether he meant it, the reality is that we want our listeners and the people who are involved in the podcast to know is the things that are happening, you know, in uh, the area around these suffering believers is so comparable to today that uh, we need to pay attention to that. So for sure, as we study a letter, we we look at uh, who the author is, we look at who the recipient is. We try to create a historical context for what some of the problems are. Uh, and what are some of the problems that these people are facing? Well, they're obviously going through some stuff, which is why James uh, starts his letter by telling them how to react to the trials that are coming their way. And they, he simply says to, to count it as joy, he know, to know that it's a testing of your faith and it produces endurance, uh, and that a, a perfect result is uh, that you will be complete and you will lack nothing. And so he begins with this idea that, yeah, you're going through some stuff, but uh, it's good for you to go through it. And if you're reading through um, the, the text, James is really starting to point out some of the things that are going wrong, uh, not only outside the church, but specifically and especially inside the church. Um, that there is sort of a division happening within the church, and it's it's happening um, along the economic lines. That there's a separation happening in the church between uh, those who are rich and those who are poor. Yeah, we've got. I'm gonna I'm gonna label out. I think that uh, when you get separation and you start to face the persecutions, you. You start to turn inward on each other That's right. because you don't. Everybody has a different way of trying to solve the problem, yeah. or throwing things, uh, solutions at the problem. There are a number of things that directly are addressed in this letter. That when we work through this in the next ten weeks, I am confident that we're going to tackle each one of them on. The one reason is we call the podcast "Unlocking the Truth," and so the very fact is we're going verse by verse. That's right through this and so we're not going to skip any verses even the ones that are uncomfortable even the ones we don't like <laughs> even the ones we don't <laughs> like so here here here's some of the problems they face uh divisiveness mm-hmm. uh intolerance uh favoritism and overpowering desire for wealth and power That's right. so to make that clear i'm going to repeat those to you because it's so important for us to understand division and divisiveness the the purpose of breaking things apart there's an intolerance where you're not basically willing to put up with 
the others within your group. There's the favoritism. People are showing favoritism, maybe favoritism because they might have more money than another person, yeah. whatever the case yeah. may be. There's a group of people that are being treated differently than the others. Mm -hmm. And then the final uh, thing is this overpowering desire for wealth and power, which um, James, we will see, addresses directly by talking about humility. Right. And so uh, those are some church problems. You bet. Now, how can you say that none of that is occurring <laughs> exactly. in this society today? Yeah. So I thought it would be good for us to address uh, some of the roots that come from that tree. I don't think that it's a good tree. Certainly not. Uh, but there are, there are things rooted. And so uh, I want to cover here in our time three sources of that adversity. Mm -hmm. So three sources that are, that are causing uh, the adversity uh, to create our historical context. Yeah. So uh, source number one. Uh, we actually would find in chapter 4, verses 1 to 6, which is uh, essentially everything is rooted in a selfish attitude. Mm -hmm. And so let's, uh, let me read that for you uh, quickly. What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? It's not the source, is not your source pleasures that wage war in your members? You lust and you do not have, so you commit murder you're envious and can obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, so that you spend it on your pleasures. You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture speaks to no purpose? His jealousies desires the spirit which he has made to dwell in us, but he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. This, this, these, all these verses root in, in our first problem. Like, I mean, I think we'll cover these further in our, next, in our podcast when we get to chapter four. But Derek, what are some of the like just surface things that we're seeing in that passage that tell us about this selfish attitude. Right. And the beautiful thing about James is is so often you ask this question, well, what are why is it that we're fighting? And John or James asks you the same question. What is the source of the quarrel? What is the source of the conflict? What it it's not uh, is it not the source, your pleasures that wage war in your members you lust and do not have. So you commit murder. You're envious and you cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. And, and James just lays it out there for you. The reason that you're, uh, that you're having problems uh, is because you're only considering yourself. You're concerned about what someone else has. And if you don't have it and they do, he says you commit murder or you fight and you quarrel because you're only looking at uh, what someone else has, and seeing that you don't have it, and so you want it for yourself. And then he says, it's because you don't ask. And then he says, when you do ask, when you actually do, you don't receive because you're only asking with wrong motives so that you can spend it on yourself. Uh, fast forward to the year we're in now. I mean, this is a problem. Uh, I don't necessarily want to say that this is a problem just in society mm -hmm. we can't measure this by the world right 
because the world and those who don't profess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they're all about their own pleasures. So we can't measure the, these statements by the world. We've got to kind of, you know that old hand symbol when you put your hands together, but you interlock your fingers yeah. on the inside, and then your first two fingers, you know, your pointing fingers kind of make a triangle, and then all of a sudden you your thumbs are the doors of the church, your two fingers are the steeple of the church, right. and then you open it, and, and there are the people of yeah. the church. Yeah. This is what we're talking mm. about here. This is, this is people seeking after their own pleasures, their own desires, uh, creating war because of their wants, mm-hmm. their desires, their passions over that of the church. Right. And so uh, I wanted to just quickly go to Philippians and just counteract that for a moment. What what should life be like in the church? What should life be like amongst believers? Hey, listen, we're not going to go in depth into this, but we're setting the stage here because we're going to come back to this um, when we get to uh, that chapter. So right. I just wanted to give an overall kind of what did Paul say regarding um, how to live in a way that is not after your own pleasures, that doesn't create conflict? Chapter 2, verse 1, Therefore, if it's any encouragement in Christ, any consolation of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Hmm, how do you do that? How do you create that unity. Well, verse 3 tells us, Derek, what does verse 3 say? Do nothing from selfish, uh, from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility in mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Yeah, so there's, if you want to live in unity within the church, you have to put your own pleasures aside. Mm-hmm. You have to Think of others greater than yourself. Now, if you ever want to take the time to study the book of Philippians, you'll automatically see Paul gives you an example, and he doesn't give himself as an example. He gives Jesus as the example. Oh, by the way, Jesus laid down his life for you. He sacrificed on the cross so that you could live. Therefore, hey, why don't you regard others Mm -hmm. as yourself? In the book of James, this isn't happening. This is people going after their own pleasures. What's the what's the second problem or source of adversity? Well, it seems to be uh, it's finances, money, uh, power, and status within within the church. It seems like people are taking advantage of the church by entering into it in order to put themselves in a place of, uh, of power or a place where they can uh, amass for themselves uh, more, more money. Yeah, so... Uh, my brethren, chapter 2, verse 1, verses 4. So our first problem is found in chapter 4, verses 1 to 6. Second problem is chapter 2, uh, verses 1 to 4. Why are we going backwards? Because uh, I think when you think about the way this works is selfish attitude always comes first, which creates the root of the problem right. for money and yeah. status. And so chapter 2, verses 1 to 4 Uh, Do not hold your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of personal favoritism. For if a man comes into your assembly with a gold ring and dressed in fine clothes, and there also comes in the poor man in dirty clothes, and you pay special attention to the one who was wearing the fine clothes, and you say, sit here in a good place, and you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down 
uh, by my footstool, have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil motives? So, so here you have now, you've got this intention of money, status, and power gives you better position in the church. Mm-hmm. And, and what I read from um, our commentary work in that is the very fact that what was happening is was these people were giving a position, power, and status, but the ones that were in the church who had that position were using it for their own personal and furtherance of the, their own gain. Right. It's like sort of... Uh, an example might be, and, and maybe this might go over the top, <laughs> but the example might be a funeral director attending a church for the purpose of gaining business. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've, <laughs> gone, we've gone to a church where we're starting to get to know people and all of a sudden we're invited over for dinner and we're excited and we sit down to the old Amway pitch. <laughs> or, you know, that that's the thing. Mm-hmm. What... What am I now? It doesn't have to be those two examples, but what what is my gain by my position in right. my church? Now, wait a second. Whoa, wait! If I leave a front row to a person who is uh, affluent, has lots of money, mm-hmm. I leave that front position for them. Maybe they'll give more right. to the work. Right. That that's another problem because. That's kind of like considering that person who, who can only give a shekel or a penny. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't really give a penny in Canada right, anymore. Right, not anymore. So maybe a nickel. Yeah. And you, you treat them poorly because why? You're not going to get them. Right. You're not going to get much from them, yeah. so, so to speak. And it's, it's not easy. It's, <laughs> it's hard. Speaking as someone who's a pastor, someone who who sees the church budget, who sees the bottom line, um, you know, we it's hard not to spend more time or give careful attention to those who we know are going to give, um, and it's really really dangerous if we if we stop to focus on those who need our help, to focus on those who can give us what we need. Uh, what we're actually doing is we're actually undermining what it is we're trying to do. That that person who's poor is a person we should be helping, but we're treating them poorly in order to get something from from someone else. Right, and and the the opposite end of that is you know precept for example is mm-hmm. a faith faith based ministry that relies on the donations of the individuals who partner with us in the ministry, but we don't. We, we hope and we pray that God will provide the funds that are needed in order that we, you're not showing, you're not building relationships for the purpose of, of what kind of might, might right. be the gain out yeah. of that. That's an unbiblical model. Mm-hmm. And the reason we know that is James addresses it head exactly. on. Problem number three uh, is... You might say the obvious one, but it is... <laughs> the root of all problems. The root of all problems uh, is Satan. Mm-hmm. Chapter 4, verse 7, what does it say, Derek? It says, submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That This is the reality, the, the root of that tree, right? At the very source of that tree that's creating uh, a selfish attitude, mm-hmm. that's creating an attitude of uh, money, uh, hunger... Hunger for money and status is the devil. The devil is at work. That's right. And uh, James mentions the devil uh, three times in this passage. And so I want to look at those three verses and where he mentions the devil. Uh, But he doesn't actually 
say by name. Right. And so the first uh, spot is uh, chapter 3, verse 6, and, and referring directly to the tongue. And he says, and the tongue is a fire, uh, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by what, Derek? By hell. By hell. So it doesn't actually refer to the devil, but in in saying Satan, Mm -hmm. but it is. It's all the root of the tongue and the evil that comes, it comes from the fiery pits of hell, yeah. which we know is the, the place of Satan, uh, his home. Uh, the second one is found in chapter 3, verse 15. It says, The wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, it's natural, and it's what? Demonic. It's demonic. Yeah. So that again is uh, a reference to the evil mm-hmm. of Satan. What's the, th- what's the third one, Derek? Well, the one that, that we've just read. Right, so look at verse 4, verse 7 again, and it says, Submit therefore to God, resist the devil, devil and he will flee from you. Mm-hmm. So now you have these three roots of the problem which all really stem from the one. That's right. Okay, so look, we hey, we're doing really well doing here. Right. Author, recipient, problems, yeah. roots of the problems. Mm-hmm. And now I think before we want to wrap up our podcast for this week, uh, we need to hammer home application. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what do you uh, think is going to be great coming out of... Uh, our first week, but heading into the rest of this regarding application. Well, what's, what James does so well is he calls sin, sin. There's no room for negotiation or interpretation. He says, this is what you're doing, and this is wrong, and here's what you need to do to do it right. Um, and so it's, it's always about how we're living, what it is that we're doing. He, he calls us to a, a higher form of obedience, not just believing in Jesus, but believing in Jesus and living like we believe in Jesus. I love the way that James wrote this letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no buildup. Right. You know, well done, good and faithful servant, as you encourage and build one another mm-hmm. up in love. Hi. I'm James, you're the 12, consider it joy when you face suffering. Right. Uh, your, wor- your faith without works is dead, control your tongue, yeah. this is sin, and he calls it right out. Yeah. And uh, the comparable is, in our society today, we need to do the same thing among believers. Absolutely. We're, we're so bad at this that... Um, uh, this whole idea of tolerance that we've got in our society today, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's interesting that uh, the president or the CEO of Starbucks went to Chick-fil-A. Right. I mean, I love Chick-fil-A. <laughs> if anyone's from Chick-fil-A is listening. <laughs> anyway, we need one in Brantford. We need one in Brantford. But he went to Chick-fil-A, and I don't know if he posted a picture. I don't know the whole story, but he put himself on social media, and he got destroyed yeah, big trouble. for um, going, not by anybody other 
than people's opinions. And we're in a situation where um, the world mm-hmm. will call out what they believe to right. be wrong yeah. in a second and make it public yeah. for everybody to see. Um, in some cases, rightfully called out. You right. think of that Me Too movement. Yeah where people uh, have been abused by Hollywood people. Mm-hmm. They call, call that out. Um, and careers, essentially, in the world have been destroyed. Yeah, completely. But that's not the purpose of the call-out within the church. The purpose right. with the call-out in the church is for restoration. That's right, to bring people back to, to proper standing with God and with, with their community. Yeah, and if we loved our people in the church enough to call out sin with the purpose of restoration, mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, they're walking down a path they shouldn't. Right. We should be willing to call it out for the purpose of, I love you. Right. I don't want you to fall. Yeah. So I love that James does that. I pray that at the end of this 10 weeks, that anybody who's tuning in with us would have that same attitude towards sin. Absolutely. Not only them, me. Yeah, not not from a place of judgment, or from a and he talks about judgment a lot in this book, about mm. being careful not to be judging one another, but to do it to in order to reconcile, in order to restore, in order to bring back into a right standing with that community, and that's that's what James is he's contrasting here the way that uh, the way that they are to the way that they should be. He's they, he's talking about their divisiveness and their favoritism and their intolerance and their desire for wealth and everything's about them. What he's calling for now is instead of focusing on ourselves, that we focus on the community, the church uh, of which we are a part, the community that we live in, uh, and that we are um, joining together as believers in order to be living the way that that we've been called to live as disciples. Right. And I think one of the um, uh, kind of descriptors of that was mutual care Mm -hmm and responsibility. Yeah. Hey, I am a part of the body and it, my function in the body is as vital as your function in the body. That's right. But I have a responsibility, you have a responsibility for the building of true community. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the one thing that I, my, on my personal level, that I want to make sure that we all leave with and, and then I'll let you kind of comment on, on that as well. Sure. But I think that any of us that are joining in on the study of the book of James through the podcast, through the studies that are available on our website, you have to ask God to open your heart Mm -hmm. to allow you to be very uncomfortable with what you are going to study. And the reason I say that is that what's in here is wisdom Mm -hmm. that's going to cause transformation if you allow it to happen. That's right. And that's why that's why it's important that James just isn't writing to people back then. It's so important for us to understand that uh, he's writing to us as well. I mean, all he does is he holds a mirror up to you and says, is this what you should be doing? Is this who you want to be? Is this is who is this who God has called you to be? Is this is what you're supposed to do as a believer? And, and most times the, the answer is no. And mm. yeah, he's it's if you're studying this correctly, you are going to squirm in your seat. You're going to feel conviction. The Holy Spirit's going to work on you. Um, and and my, my advice would be to lean into that. Don't run away from it. 
Sit there, spend that time with God and allow him to work in your life. And that's the whole point of studying the word is that you apply that to your life and you make those changes. If you're not applying God's word to your life, and this is just a, a study in, in knowledge, gaining knowledge, just an academic study, and, and that's not what we want. We want the, the words of God's word to change your life. And James is going to be a book that's really going to be able to do that for you if you let it. Fantastic. Guess what? Nine weeks to go. Here we go. But we are just digging in. Thanks for joining us for our overview of the book of James. We've given you the author. We've given you the recipient. We've given you some of the problems. We've also been able to teach you and hopefully have you a bit, give a better understanding of the very fact that, guess what? This book is going to hurt, folks. Yeah. It's going to be painful, but we want you to tune in. And uh, thanks again. Let me close in prayer and uh, have a great week. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to study the book of James. We pray that our hearts, our minds would be open for transformation, Lord. Would your Holy Spirit do a great work within us? Would your Holy Spirit convict us uh, and show us where we need to make changes in our life according to the wisdom that you have given through James? So, Father, guide us as we uh, go about our weeks and uh, help us, Lord, to uh, recognize clearly um, you at work in us. We pray these things in your name. Amen. For more information on Precept Ministries Canada, visit us online at www.preceptministries.ca or call us at 877-234-2030.